my kids faster. So I work with our kids here first through fifth grade. And let me tell you, if you have not noticed this morning, they are rock stars. Like, I'm not saying they're cooler than you, but it's definitely possible. Like, I love them, okay? And also with that, I probably have the coolest job in the world because this is what I get to do all the time. So my guys are awesome. Um, but yeah, so that's me a little bit. I have a Max. He's one. He's in the nursery. Um, God, talk about awesome. Like, kids are great. He's, he just had a birthday in August, so Jerm and I are, like, living in that and rocking to that, and it's hilariously messy all the time, but um, my life has completely changed when he came into it. Uh, I have a Jeremy, uh, the drummer. Um, some of my kids up here were like, yeah, that's Jeremy. Um, but he's my husband, and uh, we've been married for some time, like some years, eight, <laughs> seven, seven or eight. Um, but, but it's awesome. It's awesome to do life with him. Um, he's definitely the better in our situation, which is fabulous. Um, but anyway, so Grace. Um, the last few weeks, Tim and Anthony have been um, painting this picture about Grace. And uh, in light of Family Sunday, they're like, hey, Liz, why don't you come up? And I was like, okie dokie. It's actually kind of funny. Like Wednesday night, as we were going through, like, who's going to do what? Like, who's going to be the ushers? And who's going to do announcements? Like, like, I was sharing with our kids. I was like, hey, guys, I'm going to share the, like, the message in Big Kid Church. Like, one of our kids, like, raised his hand. He was like, what'd you do? Like, <laughs> my punishment or something. So I am punished today to share with you, or maybe you guys will be. But anyway, um, grace. So I think first week they hit on prevenient grace. They talked about saving grace, sanctifying grace, I think was last week. So today I'm going to do my best to try to put a bow on this idea of grace. And I'm going to speak to you about sharing grace. But real quick, I know a lot of people have prayed, but I want to because that'll kind of calm my crazy. So let's just take a minute. Father, I love you. And God, in this moment, Father, right here with my favorite people sitting right smack in front of me and with everybody else here, God, I don't want to miss you. God, I don't want to miss the mark today. Because God, I can talk all day long like that is not a problem. But God, I want to hear from you. And I believe you want to speak to us. So I ask that you would help us to shut out everything else, like the schedules and the to-do list and like making sure we get to that restaurant on time today. Like help us not think about that for the next few minutes and just clue into you because you're that good. I just love you. Amen. Um, okay, so as I get started, here, here's one of my many disclaimers. I'll try to keep it to one. Um, I'm a conversationalist, so what that means is I like to talk to people, like, hello, welcome to my life, like, every day. So I'll talk with my hands, and I walk around, and I pace, like, you should see me in our kitchen, like, Jeremy's like, sit down, because I'm all over the place, if you haven't put that together. But as a conversationalist, it's kind of funny when it comes to teaching, right, guys? Because with teaching, like, I open, I ask a lot of open-ended questions, and I ask rhetorical questions. Well, in kid ministry, like, kids don't get that you're not supposed to answer back, right? So, like, I'm in the middle of, like, awesome, like, deep, like, uh, like, man, God loves you. And because he loves you, like, why wouldn't he want to live with you? Well, like, kids raise their hand. They're like, I'll tell you why. Let me tell you right now. I farted on the dog yesterday. God didn't want to live with me, you know? And it's just like, what? Like, how do you bring that back to God? So all that to say, my disclaimer, I ask a lot of questions. Don't answer them because it throws me off. I get all awkward and uncomfortable and weird, so don't answer. You guys, don't answer them back, right? So that's my disclaimer. Um, but jumping right in, I have three words for you that completely revolutionized my second grade life, which, not, you know, not a huge deal, but it, it was major. Show and tell. 
Okay, show and tell. Do you guys know what I'm talking about with show and tell? Do you guys ever get to do show and tell? Yes, yes. Show and tell revolutionized second grade. First grade was a little rough for me. I'm just gonna say, I talked a lot. So like no matter where the teacher would put my desk, like in the hallway, beside her desk, in the corner. Here was the other thing. So we had one of them classrooms that had like the bathroom attached. She put my desk in the bathroom, didn't matter. Talked all day long, like I had no problem. First grade was rough because I talked. And I also had a really hard time like with the whole clock situation, like the hands. Anyway, first grade, rough time. Second grade, show and tell was heaven. Like it was awesome. So like the way teacher had it was like every three Tuesdays was like my Tuesday. Like she had us on a rotation. So like every three Tuesdays was Liz's show and tell day. And let me tell you, by like second time, I had like the calendar of the year. Like I was like, I knew what I was bringing. I knew what day was mine. Like it was on our family calendar. So it was like show and tell day. And I had no problem telling everybody why my show and tell was better than their show and tell. Like, let me get it right. Show and tell made the second grade, right? But here's the thing. Um, and the thing that's kind of funny, I think, as I was thinking about this idea of grace and sharing and whatever, is I feel like we live in a world of show and tell. And you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, let's be honest. Like, you go to a fancy restaurant, you get this awesome food in front of you, like this beautiful plate. What do you do before you take a bite of it? Click. I'm gonna put that on Instagram. Look at what I, how do you know it's good? You haven't even eaten it. Like you're like, ooh, I wanna show you what I'm eating. Like we live in this world of like showing and telling people what we're doing. Or another one for all of you who went to the beach this summer that I didn't get to go to. I don't care that your toes are all painted and pretty and in the sand and you're taking a picture of your toes with the ocean, right? You wanna show and tell everybody. Sorry, those are my earrings. Should I take that out? Sorry guys, another awkward moment. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's weird. Um, but you, you go to the beach and you take this great picture and you want to show the world, hey, look where I'm at. I hope you love your job because I'm at the beach, right? <laughs> Everything is about show and tell. Here's another funny one. I just laughed at this one. So like the injustice of somebody going to Starbucks and the guy spelt your name wrong on the cups. It's like you take a picture of it. It's like, hello, guys. Like, and we want to show the world how horrible is this guy who can't even spell Jacob. Well, let me tell you, some people might spell Jacob with a K, okay? J-cup. Like, get over it already. But the world we live in, we show and tell everything. Here's another great example. There are a few pictures. Uh, before they come up, I want to give you this disclaimer. As somebody who is slightly, well, completely ADD, but slightly creative-minded, Pinterest revolutionized my life, okay? <laughs> like, for all of you ladies out there, you're like, oh, my gosh, I have, like, seven Pinterest projects. For all you dudes out there, you're like, yeah, my wife wants me to like cut a shelf in half and like make it a cushion somehow, magically, right? Like that's our situation. I'm like, hey, Jeremy, you see that dresser? Cut it off, wrap it in fabric, paint it, distress it. It's beautiful. That's what he's like. It's a dresser. I was like, no, I have vision, right? Pinterest has revolutionized creativity as we know it. I can't tell you how much money I've wasted on Pinterest projects that are not done, not even started, sitting in my basement. But the funny part about Pinterest is what you guys are going to see. Pinterest fails. Like, I think it's hilarious that people are like, hey, look at this thing I was horrible at. Like, like let's take a look. There we go. So Pinterest failed. Like, you see, look, that's another one. Look at the, the pretty on top. This is the actuality of Pinterest fail. There's some really good ones. Let's see. Okay. First off, who makes a bear out of rice? Like, come on. And then we have, like, scary broccoli. Little Mermaid? Classic. Can you guys... Can you guys get this? There we go. That's a good one. That's like my classical baking right there. The pretty cake and then the actual at the bottom. 
Yeah. <laughs> but the thing that's so crazy to me, <laughs> <laughs> that was a big fail. But the thing that's so crazy to me is people are like, hey, I want to show <laughs> The best for last. <laughs> that also, this leads into my next point. Who is all about, like, hashtag parent fail? Like, when you fail as a parent, I, I have a one-year-old. Let me tell you, I fail every second of every day, okay? When you fail as a parent, don't let the world know. It's like, hey, it's like, like my favorite. You guys know what I'm talking about. My favorite is, because, uh, and here's the thing. Some of you are like, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. Like, you see it on your, like, your, your Facebook feed or something, and you're like, I want to click on it, because it's going to make me feel like a better parent, because at least I'm not as bad as those parents, right? It's like, my favorite is the woman at the diner. Like, you guys know what I'm talking about? She's at the diner. She's, like, eating dinner with somebody, whatever. And, like, her kid is in, like, a carrier, but the carrier is off her body, and it's, like, slung on the back of the chair. So, like, the kid is, like, strapped into the carrier on the back. I mean, it's just hilarious. But it's, like, hashtag parent fail. It's, like, why don't I say, like, hashtag call somebody. I'm a bad parent, right? Like, people are so quick to show and tell everything about their life. Now, the thing for me that that is kind of funny, and, and I think it kind of connects, is this is how we as humans operate, I think. Like, for example, if you go to a fabulous restaurant and you, like, got a great deal, like, oh, my gosh, I had a coupon. Like, aren't you so quick to tell everybody about that great coupon and that great restaurant and that great bread bowl you had? Yeah, right? Or, like, somebody compliments your shirt, and, like, all of a sudden you're like, hey, let me tell you, I'm on the diet, I lost four pounds. Look at how loose my jeans are. Dude, I just like your shirt. Like, but we're so quick to tell people positive experiences that we have, and vice versa. You have a bad experience? I'm that way. I'm, I'll just be honest. Let me tell you. If I have a bad experience, I'll tell the world about it. So uh, anyway, but we're so quick to share and show and tell. And I think as we look at this idea of grace, that idea affects how we see and experience and share grace with others. You see, what I mean by that is if we truly understood, embraced, accepted, lived into this incredible grace that God gave us, man, we couldn't help but tell others about it. Like if we bought it, like if it was like, oh my gosh, there would not be a seat in the house because that is how good it is. That is how great it is. So I'm going to have my man, Rhett, come up. Rhett's going to come up to the microphone. He's going to share our first verse right over there, buddy. And this is grace undeserved. And so Rhett's going to share with us real quick. God saved you by grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Ephesians 2.8. Thanks, Rhett. God saved you by grace when you believed. You can't take credit for it. Now, as I think of, about the picture of grace or what grace is, um, it brings me to one of my favorite Bible stories. So this is for parents. I want you to breathe easy here because I'm going to share a Bible story. And I want you to know that as I do, I'm very aware of all of the ears in our congregation. So um, if you're not familiar with this story, I want you to go and read it because I'm just going to highlight some of the points because we have a lot of ears in our congregation. So as I continue, you guys will know what I'm talking about. Hosea, <laughs> Hosea was a prophet. Okay, Hosea was a prophet. Now, you guys know, and I know my guys know, a prophet is a messenger, right? So God would speak to the prophet, and then the prophet would take the word of God, and he would speak it to the people of God, the Israelites. So that's what a prophet is. So Hosea was a prophet. 
Well, God worked a little bit different with Hosea. So instead of just giving Hosea a message to be spoken, God said, here, Hosea, I'm going to make your life the message. I'm going to make your life the example of God's love. So this is what happens. Hosea, a godly man, he was a prophet after all, that would probably like, put him up there. A godly man, he, he spent every day listening to God, searching after God, finding God. So God told Hosea, hey, Hosea, I want you to marry a woman, and her name is Gomer. Gomer was the complete opposite of Hosea. Gomer was a working girl. Gomer was very unpopular by society. She was looked down upon because of her job. I mean, she had a bad job, such a bad job. In fact, people hated her because of her job. They're like, man, Gomer's not even worth it. What a horrible job she has. And you know what? Every time Gomer went to work, she sinned against God. Bad job. Gomer had a bad job, right? So God says, hey, Hosea, I want you to marry Gomer. So God tells this great godly man, Hosea, this person who spends every day listening to God and searching after God, to marry Gomer. Sinful, shameful Gomer. So Hosea marries Gomer. He rescued her from her bad job. He was able to give her a home, and they had a life together. He gave her love. He took her out of the bad job situation she was in and made her his wife. Oh, and they had three kids. They had three kids, right? Grace, that is grace undeserved. Because nothing Gomer did made her worthy of Hosea. Nothing. She couldn't earn it. No matter what, she, she could never pay him back for what he rescued her out of, from the bad job, how unpopular she was, how hated she was, and he said, I'm going to make you my wife. I'm going to make you mine. I'm going to take you away from that. Grace undeserved. Now that takes us to our next point, grace unexpected. I'm going to have hope come up into the micro microphone, and she's going to share with us this next verse. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is all you need. My power is strongest when you are weak. Perfect. Thanks, Hope. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So we have Hosea, great, godly, awesome Hosea. We have a Gomer, sinful, unpopular, unworthy Gomer. And they have three kids. Now, it's important to remember the three kids because three kids show that they have some time. Like, I mean, like you don't just like three kids overnight, right? Like there's a little bit of history there. So three kids are important because it helps us understand that there, are, there is some history there. They have the bond of parent. Parenthood, parenting, there, and let me tell you. Um, so, so that's their situation. So we go to this next part where Gomer leaves Hosea. Like she leaves him. Like leaves him. She leaves him. She leaves their kids, and she goes back to the bad job. Like she's like, I'm over. I know. Like I've heard the gasp. <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate it. It got kind of quiet. Like gasp. Like holy moly sakes alive. She had it all. And she left it. She abandoned her husband. She abandoned her kids to go back to the job that people hated her in. To go back to the job that she constantly sinned against God every time she went to work. That's what Gomer did. She chose that life over the life Hosea gave her. So now, let's imagine Hosea. Like, the way I see the situation, like, Hosea probably had a lot of naysayers to begin with, right? Like, the negative Nancy is like, holy moly, don't you know who Gomer is? Don't you know what she does? Why are you marrying her? Don't waste yourself on that. Right? 
So he doesn't like naysayers to begin with. But then he, he marries her, he makes, them, makes her his wife, they have kids, they have a life. And all of a sudden she's like, yeah, I'm done, I'm over it, I don't want it. And she rejects it, she abandons him, she deserts their kids. I would imagine anger, bitterness, frustration, loss, anguish, right? And now here's the crazy part. Here's the crazy part. God says, go get her back. Go get her back. God says, make her your wife again. Do whatever it takes. Get Gomer back. So Jose goes and finds Gomer. And the Bible says that Jose found Gomer when she was in the middle of working. So Hosea has to pay all this money to buy Gomer out of her contract at work. So he puts the ring on her finger. After he's, he's seen her in the middle of her job, he has to pay all this money to get her out of her contract at work. He puts a ring on her finger and he says, you are my wife. I want you to live with me. I want you to love me forever. And I am your husband and I will do the same. Gomer. Who does that? Like I'm standing up, like, I, I just like my hands are like, what? Who does that? Like even just reading it to you, I've read it plenty of times this week. But even reading it to you, I'm here saying, who does that? Gomer was not worthy of Hosea. Gomer, like, I mean, she, she wasn't to begin with, but especially now, like, there is nothing in Gomer that makes her worthy to have Hosea say, I'm your husband. I paid all this money. I want you back. I know that you left me. I know that you abandoned me. I know you deserted me. I want you back, wife. And here's the other part. Gomer wasn't expecting anybody to save her. I, I don't think Gomer was like, hey, I'm going to leave you, but you know what? In like a week or two, follow me and get me. No. She had no intention of being rescued again because she knew she wasn't worthy of it. She knew she wasn't worthy of it to begin with, but she for sure knew she wasn't worthy of it now. But he did. He rescued her. Grace unexpected. That takes me to our, our final point, grace defined. I'm going to have my man Griff. That's you, buddy. Find it. Find the card right here. Up in the microphone. Griff, Griff is going to share our last verse. Now grace and truth come to us through Jesus Christ. John 1, 17. Grace and truth come to us through Jesus Christ. Now, if you're anything like me, <laughs> and this is me. I'm, I am a negative, like, just naysayer when it comes to this. I hear a story like this. I'm like, no way. That doesn't happen. Like, here's the thing. I love me a good chick flick, but like, at the end of it, I'm always like, that doesn't happen. You know, like, I love them all, but it's like, it's never true. That's not real life. So, like, I, I read this in the Bible, and I'm like, okay, if, I, if it wasn't in the Bible, I would so not believe it, because that doesn't happen. And it doesn't, right? Or some of you might be sitting here, and you're like, well, Gomer better get it together, because I bet Jose's patience is probably up, so she better get her act together, because Jose is going to throw her to the curb. No. The thing is, it's neither of those things. The way the story works, the way the story ends... <laughs> is that God is Hosea, and we are the Gomer. God is Hosea, and we are the Gomer. And that is as real life as it gets. You see, <laughs> this is crazy. God couldn't show us better how much he loves us. Like, God couldn't show us. Like, imagine, and I, and I can say this. I mean, obviously, those of you who are parents, having a one-year-old little boy, to give my son up, for somebody else who spits in my face, who lies and cheats and steals from me. I couldn't do it. I'm telling you, I wouldn't do it. 
God could not show his love for us any better. Any better. And now, we constantly abandon him and reject him. Now, we do it in socially acceptable ways. And I say that for myself as well. Very acceptable. I promise you, I look the part. I know the scripture. I will pat you on the back when you're having a hard day, and I will tell you, I'll pray for you. I know how to be socially acceptable in my religion. And that's great. It's, and, it's, and those are all true things when I do those. I, I want to have a heart that that is true. But I'll be honest, a lot of times it's the motions because I know to do them. I've been raised knowing how to do the motions. But here is the difference. I don't include God in a lot of my decisions like I should. Or maybe some of us strive to get ahead at work no matter the cost. But here's another one, and I'm guilty of this one. I forget about giving to others because I'm too busy paying off what I just bought for me. That's a bad one for me. I'll be honest on that. I reject God every day. I turn my back from him every day. I try not to, but I do. Right? I turn to other things that take up my time, that consume my energy. Man, I'll be honest. I'll be on social media all day long, but how often do I crack the Bible? And then I'm like, oh, I'm on my Facebook. I have my little Bible app. No. I read like, I get like the, like the, the three-second like verse of the day, and I call that my quiet time. No. I cheat God every day. We do it all the time. But that's the cool thing. He chases us. He pursues us. He finds me. And he always buys me back. Always. Always buys me back. No matter what I do, no matter how far I run, no matter what's going on in my life, pursues me, finds me, and always buys me back. And you know what? This is the picture. I was thinking this morning and praying, and I maybe it's corny. I don't know. It could be. But I feel like God and his big God hands, he like takes our face. He takes our face in his hands and he says, you are mine. Just like Jose did to Gomer. He says, you are mine. Love me forever. Pursue me back forever. Because I am yours. I will love you forever. I will pursue you forever. And I will always buy you back. That that is the grace worth sharing. That is the show-and-tell grace. I think, and this is true for me as I was thinking, well, what hinders us from sharing grace? What, what, you know, as we wrap up, what, what keeps us from sharing grace with others? And this is what it is for me. It might be something different for you. For me, I think, grace, I better be careful. I don't want people to think that I'm accepting the sin that they're living in. So, ooh, I, I got to be careful when I extend grace because... You know, I need to make sure they know, like, hey, what you're doing is wrong. You're a sinner, so you need grace. But I, I, here's the thing. Isn't that what grace is all about? See, grace is extending kindness to the unworthy. And we are all unworthy. We are all undeserving. We are all unworthy of God's grace. And here's the other part. It is not our job to correct the sins of others. It is not my job to correct the sins of somebody else. See, there is only one person who can do that. And so what we are called to do is in, introduce them to him. Invite them here. But see, the thing is, I am so busy trying to earn my way into heaven that I, I just miss people all the time. Because I think you have to look the right way, act the right way, be the right way before you can come to church, right? 
I mean, that's why, like, I love seeing my kids in, like, tie-dye t-shirts. It's awesome. Like, jeans, whatever. Like, come as you are. You don't have to, like, get pretty before you come to the altar. Jesus says, come here. Because he's the only one who can make grace happen. We're just called to extend it. Share it. Love other people. That is the show and tell grace. Because when we buy it, when we believe it, when we live it, y'all, you don't have to tell anybody. It is contagious. They will see it in you. It was like, dude, what is up with you? What's different about you? Everybody else lives in a negative Nancy world. You are alive. Yeah, his name is Jesus. That is grace defined. Jesus. I'm going to, I guess the band comes up now. I don't know. I'm going to say some prayers in a second. Weird. Um, you can tell. And I see like my kids, back, like their eyes are like rolling back. Like, oh, we only ever sit for 15 minutes. My kids are being rock stars this morning. Um, here's the thing, as, as I pray and as the band does whatever they do, I don't know. Um, all of our music is on this slide, so this is fabulous. Uh, this morning, as you kind of quiet yourself, I want you to think about that one thing <laughs> that if the person sitting beside you knew, they would not want to be your friend that is in your life. I have it. Like that deep, dark, scary, secret one that you never want anybody to know. That thing, God is saying, I love you, and I am pursuing you, and I'm calling after you, and even that thing. That is the gomer in you. And this morning, God is saying, I want you to accept the Hosea grace of me and let me love you back. It's not so much about the sharing, hey, here's A, B, and C for you to share grace. No, if we love, accept the love of Jesus in us, sharing grace is a byproduct. That happens because of it. So I want everybody to close your eyes. I'm going to say a quick prayer. And then you guys do whatever you need to do. If you need to sit where you are, parents, if you want to get your kids and just hug them and love them and kiss their face, that's awesome. If you want to pray with them, rock on, do it. Be what you need to be right now. Jesus, I just declare this morning that you are good and that I am not good at sharing grace. God, right now, even as I'm I'm standing here, Father. I can think of three people in my life that I have done everything but share grace to because I'm angry with them. I feel cheated by them, so I feel justified. That is not grace. So, Father, I just pray that you would help us to expect and experience your love because that is what changes us. And God, I believe that grace will flow from that because we know where we've been and we know where you have brought us from. God, I love you a lot and you are so good. It is in your son's